Yo, what is going on? And welcome to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I am, of course, him. He is, of course, me. And if you don't know, you do now. It is good to be back. There it is. The obligatory statement I said I was going to start making on every episode. I'm holding to it. And I would also like to, again, apologize for my infrequent lack of creating content. But I'm a young, hungry entrepreneur. I've had to make a lot of adjustments in my life since the last episode. Um, but the show does go on, and by the end of the show today, it'll be going in an entirely new direction. I know that sounds like something that like I would say, but like I actually have a plan, and so like today's episode is actually very significant. So bear with me. Um, before we really get into the beef and broccoli, uh, I would just like to extend a very special thank you to my audience, to my friends, my followers, uh, everyone on social media and here in real life that has been checking in on me since leaving first form one month ago and the last month has been necessary to kind of get my shit together and and to keep it together because I mean just for what it was it was a big lifestyle change and I, I haven't even gotten back to all the messages so if you have texted me or DM me on Instagram uh, or have done anything to you know get in contact with me and I haven't been very vocal about responding I'm probably not mad at you. You probably didn't do anything wrong. I say probably because there's a very good chance that there is at least one of you who has pissed me off and I am choosing not to respond, but we're just going to let the dominoes fall where they may and figure out who's who. But it's been a really interesting month. I'm still in the daze of everything. But to bring the show back and to start things off on a fresh foot, uh, I actually have a guest today. And if you clicked on today's episode, you'll see that there is the word feet dot in someone's name. And I'm looking at this someone right now. Um, and I actually want to give him a lot of credit for this episode happening because, I mean, guys, it's it's been hard to prioritize the podcast. It was hard to prioritize it when I was working at First Form. And now that I am solely responsible for paying all my own bills and bringing my dreams to life, it has moved down the rung, as has regular fitness or at least to the consistency that I was. Jiu-Jitsu has been non-existent for months. Um, but I want to thank my, my good friend and uh, someone who I'm excited to do a lot of things with moving forward because he has brought the enthusiasm not only just for this episode uh, to work, but for the future of my show to work. More on that later. But I would like to introduce somebody who I've known for, I may have met in like sixth grade, so probably 20 yeah. years. Um, this dude is light years ahead of me in business. We graduated from the exact same place. We grew up in pretty much the exact same town. But my good friend and someone who I expect to be a very, very, very frequent uh, appearance on the show, my friend Alex Settlemore. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Let's say you can move the microphone closer if you want. It's his first podcast. First podcast, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited too it's because... It's a pleasure to be on your show and I do appreciate you for having me. I mean, dude, like... If I can have a good conversation with someone in private, I want to bring that conversation to the public. And um, I mean, dude, yeah, introduce yourself. Tell the folks who you are, what you do, and uh, what's some things that you think that they should know about you before we start really asking questions and get into the deep and dirty stuff. Yeah, my name's Alexander Settlemore. I'm just kind of a normal dude. Man of the people, I guess. Um, I have a small company uh, that me and another business partner run and operate. Um, but other than that, I just, a normal guy, grind hard, work hard, try to play hard, and uh, enjoy life, and try to, you know, pursue the happiness and living the American dream. So, I like that. Kind of keep it basic, because, um, you know, we're all we're all trying to get to the same spot. I think in life, so it's it's the pursuit of finding where that is. I think that a lot of people want to be fulfilled and happy, but I do think fulfillment and happiness looks different person to person. And I think that's what's so cool about having someone who not only I graduated high school with right. on a show, but for someone who is doing a lot of the things that I've decided to dedicate the next foreseeable future of my life to. Talk a little bit about your businesses and the industries you are involved in and that maybe you've been in up until this point. So, yeah, I mean, uh, my work career, I guess, has been a little... Um scattered and I've been in a lot of different things trying to find out where you fit in as I'm sure a lot of people have I've worked in a lot of different industries food service industry is a big one I've been a bartender server for a long time uh, so a lot of face-to-face -face interaction with people um, but the company that I own and operate with my business partner is a insurance brokerage we're a full service insurance brokerage providing pretty much every insurance need that any company individual uh, could ever ask for or want um, I also do real estate on the side, so 
many different fields, try to get my hands on a little bit of everything. Um, as you know, as I grow as a person and our company grows as an entity, and um, <laughs> just kind of owning and operating that, it's kind of a it's a trip when you become you know you're used to having a boss and then you become I guess a boss in a way and you have to like lead and direct people and kind of find out the best way to do that without pissing people off. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a balance, it's a balancing act. And it is, it's, it's pretty much a guarantee that you're still gonna piss people off. Yeah, you, you soon find out that you can't please everybody, no matter what you do. Nor should you try to. Yeah, nor should you try. Please take it from me, do not be a people pleaser. People, people, people always say things, and I know they mean well, but they're like, oh, that's so nice, oh, but man, you're so nice. I'm not nice, <laughs> I am not nice. Like, I'm fair, I'm kind, yeah. I'm honest, I'm heartfelt, I'm sincere, I'm not fucking nice. Like, right. Nice guys finish last for a reason. Yeah, just be you know respectful in a in a forward way, and a, you know have expectations for people and to where they can meet that threshold. But respectful, not nice. I mean, you can be kind, right? Yeah. But at the same time, business is business, and we don't we're not here to play games. We're here to we're here to be successful. Not even just business, but like friendships. I mean, there is that idea of like the yes man, the friend that says yes to everything, and they're afraid to speak up or yeah. say their piece or be confident, really. And that's the that's the distinguishing feature. When people say that that oh that's nice, it's like I don't yeah. like that. I don't like the idea of being called nice because to me, nice is someone pretending to be good to either serve their agenda or because they, they aren't willing to deal with any kind of confrontation. Right, and it's disingenuous to a, a degree, you know? So it, it's like, you know, the nice guy who's always the people pleaser, like, what do they really feel, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those things, I don't like to keep those people around either, just because I want to know how people truly feel and whether we're on the same page or not, you know? Mm -hmm. That way your intentions and motives are just clear. That's, that's why I'm glad I'm such an apologetic, per unapologetic person. Like, yeah. I, I mean, dude, you've known me since, did we meet? Did you did you go to Berkeley? No, Berkeley okay. Middle School. So yeah, we have known each other for twenty years. I mean, pretty close to it then. It's like nineteen years probably because we probably went there both in two thousand and four, if I'm not wrong. I don't even have the numbers, but yeah, it's something like that. Oh, it's, we, been a, it's been a long while. It's been a long way since middle school, but yeah. Well, I mean, dude, that's one of those things that I think is really, really important is because you can see how a part a person grows up and kind of the evolution of that person's kind of like whole personality and attitude and who they'll turn into. And when you think about like your businesses, for example, like I said, like you, you are someone who definitely has way more skin in the game than I do. You've been doing it for multiple years. I think you started this the last time that we had met up before I moved back. And how did, how did you get into these industries? Like, what was that like for you? Because from what I can tell, like you've seen some success with it and like, it's something that, I mean, when you speak the way that you do about life and nice people versus good people, kind versus, you know, kind of people who are afraid to assert themselves, you've clearly had to assert yourself. So how did you get your foot in the door, at least with the insurance business and then real estate? So the insurance business, uh, we actually started our company in 2019, right at the height of the pandemic. And we were ironically very successful in that period of time. And to this day, still very, you know, very successful doing uh, you know, X million of dollars in sales a year. So it's pretty, pretty good. It's not, you know, not the greatest in the world, but it, it is an accomplishment. Um, I actually, ironically enough, like I said, I was in the food service industry bartending for a long time. And I met a guy bartending, uh, just talked to him. He's like, yeah, you should try this out. Uh, blah, 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 you know, get a license. And, uh, I was like, yeah, whatever. Sure. Fine. You know, maybe. And uh, never really did much about it. And then he's like, one day, he's just like, hey, do you want to go on a trip to California with me? I'm like, yeah, when he's like, I don't know, like next week or something. And I'm like, fuck it, why not? I, I, I don't really know this person either, keeping in mind. Like, met him in a bar a few times as I'm working. And uh, I'm like, you know, whatever, I'll risk it for the biscuit, right? Just, you know, <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? So I go, and I just have a blast, right? We go, we're in... So we're in Southern California, Orange County for like, you know, several days with his buddies, just having a good time, go up to San Francisco to meet with another one of his buddies. I'm not a fan of San Francisco, but I did have a good time. And uh, I come back, I'm like, you know what? That was such a great time. I'll try the insurance thing. <laughs> and uh, I got licensed and, uh, and I did like senior health stuff for a while in the senior market and I absolutely hated it. I did not like it at all. I was not good at it. I wasn't good at sales, to be honest, at that point either. It's a skill that I really had to develop because it was totally out of my comfort zone. 
Um, so I ended up actually getting fired from a, a place because my sales were so lousy. And, uh, and I was like, well, I, you know, I have my license. I'm going to try to do something else with insurance. So I actually worked for a company, which I'm sure everyone's heard of called Aflac. And it is, Aflac. yeah, the doc. And, uh, that is a grind. That is literally, it's door to door, business to business sales where you're literally walking in on companies, trying to get them to buy into something, uh, that they, you know, may not even really need. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, just an added benefit for employees. Um, but that was a grind. And that's where you really learn, like, going door to door like that really developed, uh, you know, more of a callous mentality of, you know, you're not going to, you're going to get a lot of fucking no's. Mostly a no's. A lot of fucking no's, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe two out of a hundred yes. And it is a fucking grind. And I... Luckily, I had a you know a good team and some good guidance there that uh, helped me develop develop some sales skills, and uh, I was moderately you know successful at that. And then I just from working there, meeting some other guys who were in the you know just doing group healthcare on that side, and I actually that's where I met my business partner was at Affleck and doing this group healthcare at another brokerage, and we ended up you know shortly after starting there, I was like yeah, I met him and. I kind of just learned about what he was doing more. And I was like, hey, how about we kind of start our own entity? I see what these guys are doing. I think they're doing it completely wrong. I think uh, there's just a better way to do it to better help and service people in a whole encompassing way. And I know we can do it. Because at that point, and that for that small brokerage, I probably had the two biggest accounts. And I, you know, I was rocking and rolling. Had a good um, mentor while I was there that I still talk with to this day and still do some business transactions with him a great guy by the name of steve alley taught me a lot and uh yeah i mean from there we started in 2019 and from there it just kind of blew up first year i think we probably did three hundred fifty thousand dollars in sales which isn't much it really isn't but then the next year we did 2.2 million so you weren't happy with it, so you were like, fuck it, overdrive. Yeah, yeah, and we, we grew kind of quick. Uh, there's obviously some growing pains when you really try to try to manage it through it. It's, it, it, was a, you know, it was a bit of an obstacle, but we got through it, and um, that's, that's kind of where that is today. And then real estate, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess after doing that, and you kind of develop a mentality. I'm just like, yeah, I want to get into real estate, so I got my license. It took me a month. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking study into it, and I did it. And it took good, to, good to know it took a month because I, I got a guide on it and I, I haven't opened it since in the month. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I, literally, honestly, it probably takes most people 90 days. So about three months. I just I just literally fucking cranked it out. Yeah, I thought it was I, I think I have some aptitude for retaining knowledge, but uh, I thought it was pretty, pretty easy. I went to the same high school and you're doing better. So <laughs> I mean, it's some people just are quicker and grasp things quicker than others or certain subjects that I would just be like, yeah. you know, what the fuck? You know. No. For sure. But uh, I just decided to get it and uh, do it, and I did it. Uh, had some real estate deals, and it's great. As soon as, uh, you know, we're in our studio in, in this office right now, and then as soon as, as soon as we're done here, we'll probably go get a different building and grow, keep growing, because that's the idea. Yeah, I, I think that's really important to mention is that, like, for the first time, uh, I think in my show's existence, we're actually having an episode somewhere that's not in a residence that I occupy, whether I'm renting or my actual house. Uh, we're actually here in one of Alex's buildings and uh, we've, we've kind of fancied a little a little sound stage out here. It's pretty cool. We're gonna have to do something about the sound of that air conditioning, but hey, that's okay. That's not gonna matter right now. I think it's, I think it's really cool though, because much like you, uh, I was working in the food service industry I was working as a manager of a restaurant. I was also busting tables. I did fucking everything, dude. I did. If you work in a restaurant, you do fucking everything. Yeah. Unless you're entry, entry, entry level, in which case you have to wait to do everything and make all that good money that they talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> and I started at first form, basically, after a conversation with Matt Vogt. And, uh, you know, I got I was started at $12 an hour, which it's not going door to door. But it's like you got to start small to build something big. Mm-hmm. And I think right there next to like public speaking, which likely is how most people would categorize door to door sales. You talked about building that calloused mind. And I think it's one of those things that a lot of people would be really, really scared to do. But w- besides the callous mind, do you have like a story or is there anything from those times that has like really stuck with you ever since, whether it's good or bad or indifferent? Like, 
What, what can, what's your biggest takeaway besides the callous mind piece about door-to-door sales? Um, I, well, I, I read a lot of self-help books on how to do sales and how to better handle objections and things of that nature just, just to be better because, I mean, the only thing that really sticks out is I remember I hit a rock-bottom point in my life. And, uh, I mean, this was, this was like probably in the, somewhere into college, right? And I dropped out of college. I hit a really, really rock bottom point in my life, and I'm like, I do not want to be a loser. I go, I live in the greatest country in the world. And I remember saying this after getting out of uh, a, a little stint in jail. I'm like, I live in the greatest country in the world where anyone can be successful if they put their mind to it. And I said, I, I have to do, I have to put my fucking mind to it. I have to do something with myself. And uh, that's the one thing that has been a continual driving force for me, personally, because I'm like, <laughs> can only get better from here. I'll see how good life can get. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but as far as the going door to door sales, it's it's literally just no matter how scared you are, at the end of the day, someone can only tell you no. So, knock on one door, knock on another. Eventually, someone will say yes. And um, it's one. really just getting over that initial fear and anxiety. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to do that because it does get repetitive. Obviously, I think most things might get repetitive at some level, but at the end of the day, it's just getting over whatever little fear that you have of being told no and uh, doing it. Because at this day and age, most people won't even do it or try. And, and it is one of those things that says that, you know, 50 no's and a yes. Once you get that first yes, you don't give a fuck about any of the no's. Because how much really? did, like, that first yes you ever got in door-to-door sales really, like, energize you and kick your ass in the gear? It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, I was like, oh, shit. All right. Like, we're doing this? Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's what phone sales were like, too. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, all the all the no's go out the wayside. Like, that is the last thing on your mind. Yeah. So, like, how can I, you know, assist this, this client, customer, whatever you want to call it? What can I do to make sure that this, this deal goes great for them? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're providing a service, doing a service, selling a service or a product. In this case, it was a service. It's a little bit different with intangible products, um, but you want to make sure that it goes well for them. You want a good experience for them on their end. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of shoveling shit for a while, but it's uh, it definitely builds character and tenacity. Yeah, I, I definitely remember that. There were... <laughs> Now that I don't work at first form, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I still watch what I say out of you know just you know, kindness and politeness and things of that nature because I'm never trying to paint a bad picture. But there were often times that when I was working sales at first form, I would just have a day that did not go the day I wanted it to. Like you know, you wouldn't sell any product that one day because there's there's that opposite end too. It's like once you get into a flow and you're feeling yourself, it's like holy shit, I understand sales. I can do anything. But the thing about it is, is that it is a numbers game. The more people you touch, the better ultimately you will do. And you have to get prepared for a day that's all no's. Right. There's always ebbs and flow to any sales game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, in any job, I'm sure working there especially, you learn a lot of good skills. Um, you know, mindset's one very big thing mm-hmm. that you just have to come in with the right mindset and remain positive through all these no's and negativity. And that's very difficult to do, and you just have to learn to do it, essentially. Yeah. Trick yourself, I guess. I think that was the thing that really, like, stood out to me, too, is I was being really, really selfish about sales, even in a place that's as giving as first form. This is, like, me not saying anything bad about 1P. It's about me kind of, like, snitching on, like, where my mindset was at. Mm -hmm. Because you watch a movie like Wolf of Wall Street or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and they start talking about all the stuff that they do. It's like, oh, that's really sales. And it's like, you get into it, and some of that stuff is a part of it. But like, I remember one day, it was like a day in February. February was a bad, bad month for, for supplement sales. I don't know what it is. It was one of those things where I went home one night, I didn't sell anything, and I was like, dude, I might just, this might be it for me. I might be done. And I don't know why. I don't know why I was just like so radical about it. Obviously, I'm still here, so that didn't happen. But it was the time I figured out is actually when I started training people, and hopefully you would attest to this, if you want to be good in sales, the thing I always thought about with, if I want to be successful, it's not even just about who's the person in front of me, but it's like, what's the medium in front of me? I said, it's about this person's outcome in front of me, giving them the product or service they need to actually be successful. How's it going to impact the company that I work for? And then I get the reward after that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you should, if you're putting yourself first in sales, that's kind of, uh, it's kind of dumb to do. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're trying to help the client. If it doesn't benefit them, why should it benefit you? 
You know what I mean? But like you were talking on Wolf of Wall Street, I don't think you need to be a degenerate cokehead. I've, I've been, but I've been that before without being in a sales position. <laughs> I think you can do very well at sales without, uh, you know, digressing into degeneracy. I no, I would agree with that. But I think the thing is, is that once you start feeling yourself, which I have been guilty of in the past, you start feeling like you're bulletproof, like you're Superman. You know, oh hey, I sold five in a day. You know, that's four more than the other guys selling. I have fuck you money on my terms right now. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, but wait, you're human and life is going to smack you and your cocksucker for, yeah. for existing. And if you continue to boast with your chest out, I, I've met shark, and I'm not talking about like a first form, but like some of the people who I met during my journey throughout there were definitely sharky type people, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote sharks, people who think that they are the shit. And I've had those moments in sales when you see like why people these are people who clearly they don't do anything in sales now because they wash out because they don't have the right intent when you think about some of the worst characteristics of like salespeople that you've seen what really like stands out what are your red flags just the sleazy slimy approach of trying to get a sale by any means necessary mm-hmm. when it's i mean it's not worth getting a sale by any means necessary have you ever uh you ever had someone who wasn't a bot jump into your account, your DMs, and be like, hey, buddy, I got this thing. Like, yeah, I think you'd be really, really great for this thing that I do. Yeah, all the time. I'm just like, obviously, this is, to me, it's just spam. I don't even, I don't even put two, two thoughts into it. Yeah. Like, oh, this is spam. I'm not going to, you know, just ignore that. I actually sold someone who tried to sell me one time. Oh, really? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, it's funny because, like, I'll actually, if they're a real person, I'll talk to them. Yeah. Like, and I'll see, like, how good is your pitch. Not that I'll actually buy anything. But I'm like, I'm curious to see, like, just what are you going to hit me with? Because first form actually, like, cares about their people. They're like, hey. Now, and again, every person has their determinant quality of, like, hey, how much am I going to personify that? But, like, when you get hit on, like, through the DMs by an internet salesperson, someone who is not, like, building rapport really well, someone who's not going to show you their face, their voice, they they have a real profile, but they clearly bought their followers. Uh It was funny because, like, one dude is like, Bro, I have an opportunity for you. I'm like, you really just hopped into my DMs with I have an opportunity. Straight to it, huh? That's red flags. I'm wearing rose-colored glasses and there's red flags everywhere. It's just all red. And I'm like, no, you don't. And he started trying to belittle me. And I was like, bro, you don't even fucking know me. Yeah. Like, how are you going to? And he told me, bro, you have sales aversion, fucking anxiety or some shit. I'm like, why? Because I won't let you sell me on a course of that does what? He goes, well, basically... I, I, I have this service that'll get you like double your following right now. I'm like, I don't want to pay for my following. He goes, but bro, like you're, are you just gonna be one of those hashtag I am first form people for the rest of your life? I'm like, as long as it pays my fucking bills. Right. And I'm like, I still, I still am. I still represent the company. I still love them. But it, it got to the point where like, he was just like, all right, amigo, have fun having your little following. I literally went through, I'm like, I can tell the first five people when I check who follows you are all paid for. Because how can you tell that? I'm like, no one makes a fucking handle that's just a bunch of malarkey like this and a bunch of random numbers and letters and he didn't say anything back. And then I was like, dude, do you read? He goes, uh, why? I'm like, I think you should read this book. And I sent him a link and shout out to Andy and Sal for making me read this book, especially Cody Klein. He bought me this fucking book. It's How to Master the Art of Sales by Tom Hopkins. I'm like, there's nothing personal about your approach. Like, I can tell you about your followers. You're trying to belittle me. I'm like, read this book, and I swear to God, you'll be a better salesperson after these 400 pages. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you have a link? <laughs> like, yeah, I do. And then he literally sent me, and shout out to this dude, because, like, he literally sent me a picture of him buying it on Amazon. He goes, I'm going to read this and get back to you. He never got back to me, but, like, yeah. just the fact of saying, like, they bought it. I mean, they said it was on the way to his house. I have no idea where that dude's at now. This is like two years ago. But I was just like, why don't you try to make a friend with someone before you try to sell them something? Yeah. I don't even, uh, my, I'm not super social uh, or active on social media at this point. Uh, not since like, I don't know, it's been a lot of years trying to delve back into it. Yeah. But it's like a full-time job at this point. I mean, dude, I, it's basically the industry I work in, which I mean, it's funny because a lot of people, they they look at social media like it's it's not a piece of everyone's everyday lives. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about like some of the people I've started working with in my business. It's one of those things where like, oh, I just try to stay off it. But it's like if you're running a business without social media. There's good and bad to it. Yeah. When you think of like 
some of the best things that you've seen happen with social media? What really stands out to you? Some of the best things I've seen on social media? Yeah. Like, what, what, are, the, what are the positives these days? Because I think we always get wrapped up in the negatives. Well, in a lot of cases, um, there are people who post that have a good message that I think people need to hear. And I think that, and there's like a lot of things that I've seen on there, a lot of viewpoints from very intelligent people that I've not heard before that I'm thankful like, oh wow, you know, this is just on Instagram, just going through reels or whatnot. Which um, you'll send me like six of them in an hour. I send you a lot of it late at night because I don't sleep, but. Uh, <laughs> this man is 100% caffeinated. Yeah, yeah, I run on caffeine. It, it is the miracle drug of the world. And uh, yeah, I can't sleep because I'm not where I want to be in life. And uh, if you're content sleeping, yeah. good luck to you. I, I, I like sleep, you know. 50 sleep is for those people who are broke. I mean, that's fine. Like, I think it was it, what is it, Jocko Willink, who's like, uh, you know, he's, I just saw a reel the other day. I think I probably sent it to you. It's like, yeah, you just outwork, outperform the competition. And it's what I try to do. I try to work as much as I fucking can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while I have the energy to do it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I want to, I want to get into what success and fulfillment uh, is and looks like to you because that was something we talked about extensively outside of the podcasting area which is really just this is the level that you want to get to it it reminds me a lot of some of the things that Andy says over the years and I think you do have to have those those goals and aspirations but I think this is one of those things where I think you could even talk more about is because it's one of the conversations you have about like my skill set with social when you look at some of the negative ramifications in culture and politics and contemporary life what 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 are the negatives that really stand out to you about like the social media era? Well, there's obviously a social media contagion with people to where it's almost like a mind virus. Mm-hmm. They can brainwash people. Yeah. I think it leads a lot, uh, you know, it's like a black hole sometimes. And uh, depending on what you're digesting through this medium, mm-hmm. it really affects your brain in a lot of ways, in my opinion. And um, it, for certain people, it creates a certain set of narcissistic traits to where they just, I don't know, have no sense of reality anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big negative. I think the negative is very large. I think the positive is large, and it's hard to it's hard to tell you which one's more sometimes. I believe that. So the, the point that I really wanted to ask you about, because I think as our friendship has really begun its its legs recently the thing that you and I have been talking about a lot is just like what is happening to men and I think that there is not even just I don't think it's a secret agenda anymore I think it's very much blatant blatant in your face they're giving you samplers of it every day that like masculinity is like being torn apart and I don't I don't mean like toxic masculinity there's there's my Patrick voice everybody Spongebob but I, I think very much like there is a ploy in this country to keep men from being men. And I do think it is social media that is kind of pushing that ship forward because we're exposed to how much stuff every day of some entitled brat, that's usually what it is, talking about the patriarchy or masculinity or how awful men are or how men are to blame, especially affluent white men. Like mm-hmm. when, you talk, when, I, when you hear me talk about like the denigration of men, the demise of masculinity, as a concept, what does that say to you? Like, what are your thoughts on that? It's something that I think weighs heavy on my heart because I, I don't like it. It's, it's basically just a medium to take over society. You take all the men, strong men, fighting males that are of age, you know, and weaken them, whether it's saying, oh no, you shouldn't be masculine, you shouldn't be a man, you should be, uh, in a lot of ways, more like a woman. You should, you know, be in touch with your feelings, and I think there's a certain level to that, sure. But as a man, you need to ignore your feelings. You have a duty of what to do in life, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter about your feelings. And I think that's what a lot of people need to realize: your feelings don't fucking matter. You need to get back to work. You need to do these things because it is your duty, it is what you're put on this planet to do, and be productive. Mm-hmm. But they're they're trying to, you know oh yeah, you should do this, you should do that. And all the things that they're suggesting are horrible for men. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too deep into the subject, but there's I, a lot to be said about this. Well, I think it's important because, I mean, you and I were both raised in a generation of boys will be boys, you know? We're, when, at, the, we're at the tail end of it, yeah. We probably got the last bit of 
oh no, they're just boys. They can be rough with each other. They're you know, well, you know, mm-hmm. let them let them you know fight it out. Fight it out, yeah. And they don't let you do that anymore. I mean, I've been into a lot of fights as a kid. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, it's, I, it's how boys are. I think it's necessary. I mean, yeah. we're raising a generation of men that will never know a struggle, that will never understand what it's like to get hit in the fucking mouth, and a lot of these sp- people need it. Spend a, a, a week or a month in jail. Like, those are times, respectively, that you and I have both been away, you know? And it, obviously, most people are like, oh, I could do a week in jail, but it's like, could you? Could you? I've been in 33 days. It's miserable. And then there's a lot of people that have been a lot longer and still haven't learned their lesson. Yeah. And no. I think that was one of those things that allowed guys like you and me to grow up because I've been in trouble with the law. I don't know the extent of everything that you've been through, but, I mean, we just mentioned it in brief. When you think about some of the struggles that have, like, got you to where you are today, because through those struggles we do find our strength, mm-hmm. what are the ones that, like, really stand out? I think door-to-door sales and hitting that rock-bottom moment would really stand out to me, but is there anything that's, like, really happened really within, like, I guess, yeah, the last, like, 20 years that has stood up to you and been like, no, this is the kind of man that I'm going to be? I think I just inherently knew. I mean, I grew up Catholic, baptized Catholic. Religion still plays a part in my life. I think it's a good guide to morality, your baseline morality, and how you go about doing things in your day-to-day. And I don't push religion on anyone, but I think it is a good foundation of, you know, where you get your sense of right and wrong. And, you know, America especially was founded by Christians. So is the whole Western world. And uh, that's part of it is the morality of it is, you know, one nation under God. Mm-hmm. And God is very explicit on what the code of morality is. Um, so I think that's helped me just through life in general, personally. Um, I mean, I can go on for days about just different things. I mean, I think it's important. And I think what it is important to boil that point down to is to say that while I believe there is a plight to minimize, minimalize and degrade masculinity to make all things soft and gray and mushy and, for lack of a better word, a very soft community with, with no way of defending itself, I think when you see some of the things that I've been through, because I very much agree that while I'm not particularly religious, you do look at the Judeo-Christian values, there's, there's a lot of common sense things in there. I mean, to these days, we can't even look at a human being and be like, yes, that's a woman. Right. You know, it, it pisses me off because... It's just mass confusion. Yeah. Like, all the cliches our parents told us, those all typically in this country come from Judeo-Christian values. Mm-hmm. And while, again, I'm not overly religious, I do believe that doing the right thing also means some of the things we said, like, hey, you're not going to be a given one like you. You're not going to have a buddy-buddy relationship with everyone. Mm-hmm. Much like we talked about my friend earlier, people are going to dislike you because you win. Or you just are honest. Yeah. Like, I don't, I've never. I've, I've never been in a place in my life, except for this day and age, like, you know, when I was a kid. You could be honest, tell the truth, and uh, people would understand, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, this is true, and have some introspection on someone who's just trying to be honest with them mm-hmm. to help a person, maybe. Yeah. Or just, you know, someone's being a dick, hey, you're being a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, whatever. But now it's like, no, you got it all wrong and uh, whatever. That's offensive. That yeah, means you a, need to change. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with people these days? Have you seen the things where, like, someone will, like, say the wrong pronoun and, like, what I guess is a woman will, like, squeal or, like, shriek? I know and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you watch Ben Shapiro like I do. I, I do. I do. <laughs> There's a, I mean... There's a lot of problems in society, but I think the one thing people need to really acknowledge the reality of is life is not fair. Mm-hmm. It is never going to be fair. There's never going to be, you know, you know, you can bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. It is, it, it's not, not it doesn't happen like that every time, but it does. It's like it's just part of life, mm-hmm. and it was never meant to be fair. the The greatest thing and the most taken for granted thing currently, at least we live in the United States, is you have a country, as I mentioned before, where you can become successful by pulling up your bootstraps and getting to work on almost in any industry, really. Like, there is a million ways to become successful. Mm -hmm. And people still want to complain. 
I don't get it. I, I don't understand how you could complain if you've never, I mean, maybe you've never been anywhere else and that's fine, but maybe get a little bit of uh, information before you formulate these opinions on what a country's foundation looks like, why it's set up the way it is, before you just sit there and hate on the place you live. Supposed to, you, you, this is your home. I mean, how many people sit there and talk shit on their own house? I mean, you just don't do that. I think personally, I, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, but I think, I think the amendment I would make to your statement is get information that is new to you from sources that you're not familiar with. I think you need to do deep research. Yes, you can't just formulate opinions on on headlines. Well, that's the thing, though. We live in a country where. 80 to 90% of our legacy media leans to the left. You go to a college campus, most professors lean to the left. Most college towns are leftist. Most big metropolitan areas, which are concentrations of people who make larger incomes and who have more access to technology. Most of those things are in places that are heavily populated by biased information. I won't even say that it's information that's wrong or illegitimate. In some cases, yeah. I mean, we're seeing this right now with the Tucker Carlson you know, January 6th video, I visited with my parents like, can you believe this motherfucker is out here saying that January 6th didn't happen? I'm like, I I think it, a lot of the, and shout out to the Daily Wire for always bringing this up in their podcasts. Um, most people read the headline. And then when you read the whole article, which most people, I would say 99% of people do not do, the truth comes out at the very end. Yeah. Uh, is basically allegedly. Uh, it's yeah. Your headline is more or less opinion. Yeah. And then you get down to the nitty gritty. It's like yeah, we have no factual basis for this. Mm-hmm. We just blatantly said it, obviously for clickbait. Yeah. Or to get people riled up, mm-hmm. which they want us to fight each other, which is it keeps you confused and you know it keeps your. It's like the old magician trick. You're looking at this hand while this hand's doing something else. Pretty much. And it sucks because. My my biggest piece of advice to people is question everything. You know, if and you that could, used to be the, that used to be the, I forget which philosopher had said that question everything. I'd have to look it up offhand, but that used to be the you know that used to be what journalism was about. Well, that's what that's what life was for a very long time. It was right before I moved. I remember because I, I keep this person anonymous one because I don't want to put any dirt on their name publicly and two because well quite honestly you don't deserve to be mentioned by name on my podcast because you were a good friend and then you showed me your true colors it's funny because you know i had a friend like that a few years back and she is one of those people who or at least was one of those people word has gotten back to me that she's grown up a little bit and i'm happy to hear that i don't want anything ill for anybody but this same friend who told me that she wished the united states was communist yeah, fucking stupid. Well, the hammer and sickle means forced labor, so good luck if you're not already doing a labor job. Not only just that, but it was like, this person was also about female empowerment. It's like, hey, just so I you... I think the rise of feminism is the start of the you know, the degradation of our society. I think first and second wave feminism are fine. I think women's rights in the workplace and suffrage, the right to vote, are perfectly fine. I think third wave feminism is a bunch of malarkey and bullshit. I don't think women having the right to vote is feminism. I think that's that you know that that's fine. Like I'm not no one's saying women feminism in and of itself was equality of of opportunity. Now, now if you look at the people who actually initiated feminism back in the day, that is not what they're saying for. Well, there's a lot of different figures though. We'll we'll talk another time. <laughs> yeah, we 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 don't have that long. <laughs> but regardless of anything else, it was one of those conversations that me and her had that no matter what the point was, she understood that we weren't necessarily on the same side of the aisle. I'm. I'm pretty centrist. I mean, I'm, I'm a libertarian, conservative with a lot of things, and I'm liberal to the point where I don't care what other people typically do, but it's when you try to force things on me is where right. there's a problem. I don't think anyone likes that, whether you're right or left. I, mean, I don't think anyone likes to be forced into or coerced into doing something. But that's the big problem is that when you go to some of these institutions, like, you know, you go to a big university or even a small liberal arts college, you're being coerced. Yeah, I thought liberals used to say live and let live, man. Yeah, they were until, you know. And, and that's fine and dandy. Like, I'm sure, yeah, live and let live. Like, I don't, and I don't think it's liberals either. I think liberals are fine. I even think Democrats are fine. I think progressives, and especially radical progressives, they can go kick some rocks without yeah, shoes. I think radical anything is just too much. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's, and, and I think that's also a term that's just been thrown around, radical. Radical this, radical that. Far right. And it's like, well, I don't know. If you look 10 years ago, it was 
pretty just commonplace for a lot of things. And that was my point about that, is that even though we sat on different sides of the aisle, very far left, somewhat center right, is more of my position, and I'm a libertarian, admittedly, I still hate fucking taxes. I think everyone does. Uh, I mean, that was what the country was founded on, not paying taxes. Yeah, and here we are, paying over 40% in taxes. Six way to Sunday, man. Yeah, that's like, bullshit. Well, we tax when you spend, when you earn, when you breathe and shit. <laughs> biggest, hey, biggest piece of advice I've learned so far, good accountants and write-offs. Moving on. <laughs> but, I, I mean, there's obviously taxes have their place. Yeah. Uh, and I think it keeps a functioning society. You need your central government. Mm-hmm. and But they, I think they need to be used a little bit more responsibly. The tax we don't dollars. need to be sending money to teach gender studies in Pakistan. That's part of the right. infrastructure. I, I, I don't think so at all. I think I think we should focus on filling in the potholes in this city. Which pisses me off because St. Louis is one of those places that is pretty leftist. You should drive a four-wheel drive, four-by-four vehicle because the potholes are that bad. They are so bad. Like, we were getting off the highway earlier, and I was, like, dodging one. You were talking to me. I'm like, I hope this guy didn't think I'm trying to fucking kill us, but I'm just not hitting one of these potholes. I could fit a, I could fit a pot in a pothole, and it would be, you know, level with the yeah. ground. Yeah, Corey Bush, I know you don't run everything here, but I, I really don't like you, and you're sitting here, and you're dividing people based on race. Start worrying about filling in some fucking potholes, okay? I think uh, the potholes are, you know, affecting... Everyone. <laughs> Everyone gets hit with the potholes, lady. Just imagine what it does to your car. You know, your, your suspension's out of whack. you got to get an alignment now. You're fucking... I mean, some of these potholes are huge. You're, you might fuck something real big up. Your wheel might just be fucking bent. Like... It's affecting everybody. This is a real. This is a real issue. This this is an issue that unites all of us. This is a real issue. This Black, is, white, yeah. Asian, Latino, not Latinx because no one uses that fucking word. I mean, this is this is really affecting the population. <laughs> we are fucked, Corey Bush. Please fill in the goddamn potholes. Fill in the potholes. Two K twenty four. Please donate to our, our our GoFundMe for the potholes. Honestly, hey, maybe we should do that. Yeah. Or maybe. the super chats. <laughs> yeah, super chats. I know. I'm serious. Like maybe we could Kickstarter it, or something. Give send go. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not fucking with uh, the other one, uh, the GoFundMe, because they they pulled that fuck shit with the people up in Canada. Oh, really? yeah. The truckers. Give send go. Whatever. You know, we'll give send go. We're gonna put ro- at least some gravel in these potholes. I honestly, dude, you think I'm playing that? We're gonna talk about that. All right, hold us to that, folks. You've supposed to been holding me to doing more podcasts, but. You know, now we're going to hold you to fill in the potholes. I, I, you will probably see me become very, very affirmative about it because I will fucking sit there and bitch and be like, look what our fuck-ass local government couldn't do. But me and this dude from high school, we met after 10 years of not seeing each other, and this is what we did. I think we're going to start a real movement. I'm, I'm down. Fill the potholes, 2K24. What, what city was it where Domino's was stepping in to fill the potholes and they, like, they nixed them? They said, yeah, you can't. South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, you, you can't know, fill in the pothole. Like, what, what kind of shit is that? For those of you who don't know about South Bend, Indiana, uh, if you do pay attention to politics at all, Mayor Pete, as he is known. Oh, Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg, who can't visit, you know, the people in East Palestine, Ohio, before Donald Trump, uh, and who has to take an eight-week paternity leave. Even though his husband didn't force a baby out of its body, but you get eight weeks paternity leave. I don't know why. You adopted. You couldn't even fill potholes in South Bend, Indiana, but you're going to be president. Cool. Cool. Domino's. Doing something right. Domino's, please donate. Shout out to Domino's. Yeah, Domino's. Yeah, please donate. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't rock with many. I don't know how they try to make like Domino's as the bad guy for trying to fill in potholes. Because anyone who goes against the narrative or stands up for their How's shit. How's that against the narrative? They're like, hey, look. Man. Because the government's supposed to do everything. What do you mean? At the end of the day, Domino's is like, look, our drivers are having a hell of a time with these potholes. Because it's a real issue. This is a big issue. This affects all of us. This should unite us all right now. Like Harambe dying, potholes. Yeah. <laughs> and Free Joe Exotic. Is he still locked up? Yeah. I, I have never watched an episode of Tiger King. Well, you're missing out. I, I'm not. I'm fine. <laughs> Which reminds me. Okay, so that, that brings me back to the point I said I wanted to bring you back earlier. Um, that dude, while in prison, I mean, he'll be wildly successful whenever his life out. whenever his life resumes, if he's going to get out. I don't know. Liver King, even though he fucked himself, is going to be wildly successful. And as much as I don't like I don't the know guy. I he fucked himself. He was obviously on steroids. Because he lied about it. I mean, it was blatantly true. Like, someone else is in the fitness industry. He's just like any baseball player back in the early 2000s, I guess. We're from St. Louis, dude. We had Mark McGuire. 
He's the man. He, I, I, yeah. He's he's a he's a he should be. If he's not in the Hall of Fame, he should be. I don't I think mean, he is. He should be. Him and Sammy Sosa, I think they both, both should be. They're excellent players, and it's more than steroids to be at that level. Well, and that that's my thing, though. I mean, we talked about masculinity a little bit. We're really getting to the point of success, and it's just like what Andy always says about personal excellence being the ultimate rebellion. You know, I think my biggest piece of advice to anyone who's struggling with masculinity and finding their path is like, what's going to make you feel fulfilled and happy, like really fulfilled and happy. Not because your college professor says good, good little lab rat, or not because your parents say so, or not because your friend group says so. Like for me, I had to leave my job and my security and a lot of other really great things in order to say that to myself, Hey, I'm not really happy. I'm not going to be happy until I at least find out, you know, when you think about what success and happiness and fulfillment is for you, you know, what does that picture look like? Because I think you're I think you're at a level that a lot of people would like to be at, like not even before they're thirty, but just like even by the time they're fifty, some of the conversation you and I have had. What is what does the sky look like? The sky is the limit look like for you? Shoot. It's a tough question. Um, I wanna be massively successful. I think a lot of people do. Some people maybe don't, I don't know. Uh, there's levels to it. And it looks different for everybody. For me, I feel like I'm still at, at square one. Mm-hmm. And that's felt like that and it's going to continue to feel like that I think for a long time and I think even in listening to Andy Purcell's podcast he even may, maybe feels that way to some degree where he's like I'm just getting started yeah and I'm like yeah more power to him he's, he's built an amazing company he's huge he's massively successful didn't get hit by me with a car has a, has a great voice and I, I like a lot of the things he says and the you know um, the product he puts on his podcast I think a lot of people need to hear that um, but as far as what I view, something, you know, I would like a lot of money. I'd like to have a, <laughs> anyone would. The money makes life easier. It just yeah. is what it is. Um, but, you know, have a voice that hits people and I want to, you know, change people's lives is, is what a lot of people do. They want to they wanna see the best for people and humanity as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, ultimately that's the goal. And, you know, lead people into a life that is in good morality, good standing, healthy, and just good for humanity. Yeah. Because at the end, I mean, humanity's potential is unlimited in what they can do and accomplish. And if we set society on a, a path to where we can get much more advances in science, literature, art, everything, if we stop holding each other back, mm-hmm. holding ourselves back and get on the, not even the same page, but just, you know, Read just, the same book. Just understand the basic levels of, you know, this is what life is like. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Everyone has a hard life to some degree. And no one, it's never going to be easy. But, you know, I feel like we're at a point in society where it's kind of breaking down instead of advancing. Mm-hmm. So it's like we want to continue to advance as a society. Because imagine how great life could be if that were the case. And, you know... I I agree with all those points. The point I want to visit most before we kind of transition to the outro today is that I've got a great relationship with Andy and Sal and all those guys. And what you hear on the podcast is who he is in real life. You know, I've had meetings with Andy and just like one of his executives. And, you know, it was kind of cool because like Andy called me in and he was like sitting on the ground. There's there was two chairs open, but he chose to sit on the ground. He's a fucking billionaire. He's going to give me a seat that, I mean, honestly, he could have taken a better one, but like, no. And every single thing he says on that podcast, he will repeat verbatim in real life because his goals, he doesn't just set like one big goal anymore. It's just like, hey, how do I keep evolving? How do I keep getting better? Much like how you said earlier, we talked about the fact of, you know, I'm on some therapeutics for my testosterone levels. And I don't fucking care. He knows it. You know, I don't work in the fitness industry anymore. <laughs> and you're like, dude, I feel the best I have. And we're both about to be 30. And it's like one of those things that like Andy feels the best he ever has. And he's, you know, 13 years older than both of us. Yeah. And I think why, you know, he's been such a great role model to me and why I think your points ring so similarly is that he's not one of those people that will succumb to the societal pressure of you need to be weaker. You need to be more tolerant you guys can't see it but i'm doing air quotes tolerant you should be tolerant but you shouldn't tolerate people's bullshit and you can't if you tolerate everything you'll fall for everything and you can't you can't you shouldn't tolerate hedonism or bad behavior poor behavior Mm -hmm. or self-destructive behavior Mm -hmm. because it's not it's not good and i don't think it's wholesome it's not good or wholesome and i don't think those things should be tolerated i think you and i also have a bunch of similar experiences you know do you have any like 
things from like your darkest days that like you look at that version of yourself and you're like, thank God I'm not that person anymore. Just, you know, going through the black hole of degeneracy, you know, partying, stuff like that. And it's just like, doesn't lead to anything productive. Mm-hmm. It just leaves you feeling like shit, really, at the end of the day. And then, and then like, you go back out into it again and feel like shit again. And it's just, uh, it's a repetitive cycle and some people don't get out of it. And uh, it's a shame to see that because I think every person has great potential of what they can do with their life. Well, speaking of which, like, let's go back to 2023. It is 2023. Holy fuck. All right. So as of this May, we graduated 12 years ago. Go back 12 years. Did you ever think that you'd be sitting in your office space, essentially with a studio right now? Like this, this is a full on fucking studio doing a podcast. We didn't even know what podcasts were back then. No, they weren't a thing. Joe Rogan wasn't a thing. I don't think they were a thing. Was he? Was Joe Rogan a thing back in 2011? I don't think so. Jamie, look that up for me. (laughs) (laughs) One day, someday, hopefully soon. I mean, but I mean. Oh, that's right. You know my real name, too. So you don't know me as Murph. That's all right. You don't have to talk, tell you real name. Yeah, I'll tell him eventually. Anyways, but yeah, would you? Yeah, I, I kind of just spilled the beans. To be continued. Some of you know, some of you won't, some of you never will. I'm sure you all will. But yeah. It's irrelevant. I mean, you and I weren't like best buddies or anything in high school, but I mean, I always was like friendly with you and you were always friendly with me. Like, yeah. if what, what did you back then? think of like success compared to like you now was it like an entirely different level like a smaller smaller like primordial level to be honest I really didn't know and nor did I think about being successful I didn't really even know what I was doing with my life getting out of high school Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people feel similar you know I did I didn't really even know where to go to college or what to do and I was like I don't know what the fuck to do with my life it's um as far as finances like I was like I was again I was working in restaurants I was like if I can make a hundred dollars a day that'd be sweet you know and uh, that's not a lot of money. It's not. If you do the math, that's not a lot of money. That's $700 a day. And well, I mean, do that's you want days off? Every day. Yeah, do you yeah. want days off? So $700 a day but is it, 20. At the time, you know, you're getting a high. You're, and even back, it was more back then. Yeah. Because inflation has, you know, obviously grown in the last 12 years. But Especially in the last two. Yeah. But. Um, Fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> but I didn't really think about it, to be honest. I. I didn't have a clue what my life would look like or anything. I didn't even have a, I didn't have any plan for my life. I was just, uh, at at that time I was just enjoying being, being a kid basically. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I enjoyed it. You know, I'm glad I got to be a kid because once, once it's over, it's when life gets real and, um, hard. And I think that's the way it should be. You know, enjoy your youth and then, and then it's time to, you know, Time to get down to it. Hmm. This is not welcome to the real world. Yeah, I, I didn't think I didn't think we'd be doing this right now. And I mean, there are a lot of things that I didn't think that I would do because, like, me in high school, I was a good kid. Like, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, mm-hmm. I didn't party. Uh, I was a little bit of a player back in those days. Like, you know, you, you, in high school, you talk to a bunch of girls all at once. I hate saying it, don't really, but it was one of those things that I never thought that like this would be a moment. I did, I never thought. I would work for First Form or S2 when I did or work for Andy or almost in my car or be doing podcasts with like really cool people. Like mm-hmm. every guest I've had on the podcast has been someone cool. And uh, again, Louie, if you listen to this, I'm sorry your episode never got played, motherfucker, but like we talked for like three and a half hours. That was going to be a two-part episode like a motherfucker. It was going to be great, but it never happened, so it's okay. Um, yeah, so we're really going to wind down the show and winding down the show is going to be a little bit different tonight because we actually have an announcement uh, neither one of us is pregnant. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, before we get to men, that. Men can get pregnant. Okay. No, no, the fuck they can't. No, they can't. Men, okay, I know what a woman is. Human, female. Like, we all know what it is. We all know this. Do we all know? I know this. If we all knew, Stop I it. it would be a question. It, it, well, go watch Matt Walsh's documentary. Best documentary in the last 10 years. It was hilarious. It was fucking great. The, you know what's so great about oh is that he, he doesn't make any statement he only asks questions. No, actually, what's so great about it is the end. Spoiler alert, because you've seen it, yeah. I, of course. All right, so you know the end where he's like talking to his wife and he goes, "Honey, I've been walking around for just you know the last few days and I haven't gotten an answer. What is a woman?" And she just gives him the most clad, honest answer. Yeah, just a basic answer. It's human female, honey. You know what she does after that, which is so fucking funny. She hands him a sandwich. Oh yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That sounds right. That's. I think that's how it should be. 
<laughs> I'm just like after all this shit, after talking to all these gender roles with I all mean, these. He went all the way to Africa to find out what a woman was. So I think the least he could get. That one woman who was staring at him, just talking like, "Does a chicken have gender identity? Does a chicken cry? Does a chicken commit suicide? Shut the fuck up!" I don't think chickens do cry actually. Fuck, throw them in the fried chicken. Yeah. Cried chicken, how about that? Cried chicken. Yeah, I'll get me some Popeyes after this. Oh, yeah, I'm off 75 hard, so <laughs> I might smack me some Popeyes. But before we get into uh, the different outro for this show where we have an announcement, whenever I have a guest on, I like to let them ask me a question. One question, whatever it is, thought-provoking, weird, uh, something that hopefully people get a big kick out of. The time is yours to ask me a question. Wow, I uh, don't like being put on the spot like this. But, uh, Welcome to a podcast. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I would have, you know. You can take a second because I got one beforehand. Because I can edit it out. Yeah, edit out all this this dry air. Um, I don't know what, what's what's uh, what's the next five years look like for you. Fuck! You what? saw that I had trouble answering this on Instagram the other day. What, huh? what are the what are the plans for you? What what does that map look like? All right. I, I think that's a good segue to the outro of this show, too. I actually really appreciate that question. Uh, admittedly, self-admittedly, I have always hated these questions. Um, and not to say that I hate the people asking. It's just that I've... Guys, you got to understand something. Um, really, in middle school, I was under the assumption that I wouldn't live to see 30. I don't know why, but I always thought I would die really young. Um and I, I never really had any great basis for saying why, but largely, you know, I get to, I, I turn 30 this coming Wednesday. Don't buy me shit. Do not send me gifts. Do not send me presents. Just send them all to me. Send them all to Alex, please. Um, the fact that I actually made it to 30 makes me feel good. Um, I'm scared for what those next few years are going to look like. As for what I expect to happen or what I expect to be there, um, I mean, ideally, I would love to see my company raking in at least six figures a year as just a single operator, because obviously I'm the only person who works for Paradigm. Um, and with that, I would like to pay off my house in those five years. That's probably the thing I want to accomplish most and just have a good moat of like cash uh, for, you know, my Dave Ramsey emergency fund better than I deserve. But really, I want to be traveling. I want to be shooting festivals. That's something I can't express enough is that really getting out into the live music industry and doing things like EDC, Tomorrowland, Electric Forest, those are all events I really want to work. Uh, I want to use some of the connections I've made over the last few years working in the fitness industry to help out some of those people who have bigger platforms. Uh, Ideally, if she's listening, which I know she is, me and the lady are, uh, you know, she'll be the lady with a ring on it. Maybe we'll have a little one running around. Maybe not. I don't think I'm ready to have kids, babe. Uh, if you hear this, I am not excited to have kids anytime soon. Let's 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 see what our early 30s look like, and then we'll get to that. But more than anything else, man, uh, you know, I guess the last thing is, oh God, guys, <laughs> you know, it has been uh, it's been it's been hard. Even when I was still working full time at One P to focus on my creative side outside of like my Instagram, doing things like the podcast have definitely taken a back seat. And I don't want that to happen because of all the gifts I do have, the talents I do have. Communication is one of those things that verbalization, reading, writing, but conversation is something that is a platform that I have a really easy time executing on, just not staying consistent with. And, you know, when I did my last episode entitled Fear, which was all about you know me crying like a baby that I was leaving first form, I'm not crying today. I'm done fucking crying for at least the next year. No more tears. You know, I said to you guys that I really wanted to figure out uh, the future of my podcast and some other things on top of that. I had mentioned that I want to write a book and also that I want to get a YouTube channel going. Well, you know, like I said at the beginning of this episode, and hopefully that answers your question too, like... You know, it was one of the things I said at the beginning of this episode. It was really Alex's idea that uh, we even do this podcast. And don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to toot my horn here. A lot of people ask me to do the podcast. And I always say to them, what do you want to talk about? And they're like, I just want to talk about life, bro. All right, well, no one wants to hear you talk about life. 
I wanted to talk. I, I took Alex seriously because Alex has life experience that I don't. Alex has entrepreneurial experience that I don't. Me and him largely come from the same place. And we're in similar places, but different places. And with that, I think you guys deserve more consistent content and more consistent episodes and more consistent talking points. And I will not lie to you. It is a motherfucker trying to come up with them all myself. Do you know how bored and fucking tired of it I get just talking to myself on a goddamn microphone? It fucking blows. So I am excited to announce that not only is this the first time that my podcast has been recorded outside of my room, but we're actually recording in what will be our co-hosted studio, which, yes, is in the middle of Alex's uh, insurance operations building. But we've literally built out a studio. We have two key lights. We have soundproofing. We have this lovely table. Um, And actually, he's going to be my full-time co-host. It is our goal with this podcast to not just talk about life, but to evolve what can we talk about this was into what we will call zero apologies moving forward will be. Really, you know, I want to turn it over to you for a second. What are your hopes for the podcast moving forward? Like, what what do you hope to accomplish with it? Uh, I think we both intend to accomplish similar things. We just have a message that we want to reach people and help people and um, in a productive way mm-hmm. and maybe in an insightful way as well. Um, not only that, have interesting guests that other people can relate to that maybe, hey, I don't know. I really like listening. I don't relate to Murph or I don't relate to Alex, but we all will always have guests that maybe people outside of that can relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, just obviously grow as a podcast, but help help people with you know the things we talk about and hopefully put a lot of insight and perspective on that. Because it's, uh, I think you have an interesting take on things as well as I. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I kind of hope to intend to accomplish, obviously, and uh, and just grow as a entity together. And as far as what I would consider the personal mission statement, you know, this is going to be the continuation of can we talk about this in a lot of ways. I always was talking about, you know, politics, current events, personal development, uh, lessons from my life. Really, we are going to talk about a lot of those same topics, but quite honestly, we're just going to be very unapologetic. We're not going to be mean. We're not going to be, well, there's probably going to be times we're going to be mean. I'm probably going to talk a lot of shit. It just depends what we're talking about. Yeah, it depends on how high I am, you know. The more <laughs> he saw me rip a dab earlier, he goes, man, is that thing kicking in yet? It was like two hours later. I'm like, bro, I haven't felt that thing for 15 minutes after we hit it. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't do that stuff. So. <laughs> I do. And that's the thing, too, is we don't see eye to eye on everything. Um, but the, the goal with, you know, zero apologies is that it's going to be consistent, at least on a weekly basis. In an ideal world, we'll put out three episodes a week. I don't see that happening right off the bat, but we'll do our fucking best. Um, We are going to have more guests. We're going to have more interviews, and it's going to turn into more of a project that isn't just a passion project, but we're going to see it turned out into its own thing, its own entity. And why I think this is so important to tell you guys, at least with this episode, is because, you know, for those of you who have, you know, shared the podcast, who have, you know, told me things that you think are great or that spoke to you or that you think are you know, wonderful about what I did by myself, you know, I don't want to give up podcasting. I, I want to reinvest in podcasting. And this is a person, a friend of mine, who I think not only will help make it a better podcast, but who has goals and visions and dreams that I will learn from so that we can develop, de- de- deliver to you guys the kind of content we think you deserve, something that is insightful, something that is honest, something that's probably going to hurt a lot of motherfuckers' feelings if I'm just being honest. And that's what I'm really excited for because Let's face it, guys. I've been a little nice. You know, not only did I have to worry about just shouldering the burdens by myself, but I also had a professional image. Well, I don't have that shit anymore. <laughs> well, and it, like we said earlier on the podcast, you're, you're not going to please 100% of the people all the time. No. So just is what it is. No. So we're looking forward to giving you more content, bringing you longer podcasts with more frequent guests. And... I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the direction of the show changes. Like, again, a lot of the things of how I did my show are probably not going to stay around. Uh, Alex definitely wants more of a hip-hop intro. So, <laughs> Sorry, I, you know, I, like, I like the beats. Yeah, that's fine. We'll figure out something that works. But otherwise, brother, before we, uh, before we get out of here, is there anything you want to leave now our audience with? No, uh, not that I can think of. Just 
be productive. Life's not fair. So don't expect it to be. Yeah. Fair enough. I think that's good too. Guys, that is the show. That is the last episode of Can We Talk About This? And moving forward, it is the first episode of Zero Apologies. Um, you know, I just want to say thank you all to everyone who listens. You know, each podcast typically gets a few hundred listens. And that's with me not being very frequent. And what I want more than anything else is to deliver you guys high quality content that teaches you something, inspires you, makes you laugh, makes you smile, really highlights some of the great people that are not only entrepreneurs and business owners here in St. Louis, but some of the people we know all around the world. And uh, it's, it's going to be our personal mission statement to spread value. But really, hopefully we lead by an example that says, don't apologize for who you fucking are. When you start apologizing for who you are, you're giving whoever it is you apologize to the power and you have the power to turn your life into whatever you want. Take it from two South County dudes who graduated from a not impressive high school like Melville, who have one been in trouble with the law and two both gotten over it. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But, oh, oh he's got something to say. Just a disclaimer. If you're a shitty person, absolutely apologize for this bullshit. But or just stop being a shitty person. Yeah, just stop being a shitty person. Don't apologize. Stop being a piece of shit. Yeah, just stop being a piece of shit, guys. <laughs> Guys, if you made it to this point of the episode, if you had a good time, if you learned something, if you if you even wrote something down, it's like, fuck, that's a quote. Or if you're just excited for what's going to come, please share the podcast, tell a friend, put it on your story. Uh, I'll probably share it at the very least. But thanks for riding Can We Talk With This, uh, riding with Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I am him. He is Alex. And we'll see you on the first real episode of Zero Apologies. Thank you.